God is, has really impressed upon me to share a message about our mission statement, about our mission, what we're about. Because sometimes we get caught up doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that, and we, and we build our hopes and our dreams on things and, and different stuff. You know, well, if we could just build a building, then we'll be able to arrive, right? It's not about a building church. Or if we could just get thousands of people, it's not about that. Oh, it's about souls, but it's not about that. It's not about, you know, well, if we could just, you know, if we could just, you know, you have this as our worship team and they do this, do that. It's not about that either. How many would take a, take a crack at what our mission statement is here? And this is what I want us to do. I want you to learn it, live it, eat it, breathe it, whatever it takes, because this is what we're about. The first, go ahead and put, I think I put these up there, Dana. This is our mission, and we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to break it down first this morning. Because I have never been more passionate about this in all my life. There's a world that's lost and dying without a Savior. And my heart's really getting heavy before the lost people, but our, our mission statement is winning the lost and then setting captives free. Because you know what? People think that once you're saved that you don't, you're no longer in bondage. That's not true. How many right now, you've been saved all your life and you're still battling battles right now? Amen. Come on. I mean, I deal with it all the time. We still, and there, there's things inside of us that's got to die and then we got to get people set free. We got to get them set free. And thirdly, we've got to disciple believers at all costs. And we're going to do everything we can to disciple you. And we're discipling one another. We're, I mean, just short of sin. And man, we're going to use every tool we've got to help people grow in the Lord. I know that sounds odd and strange I say that, but that's true. We're going to do whatever we can to get people saved and, and get them set free and get them delivered and to disciple them. But we also want to create an atmosphere where it's free to worship the Lord. Even as Paul said, but the hour's coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And I was so joyful this morning. I loved it, Brandon, when, when Mariah began to just jump before the Lord. She has freedom to do that. I want to see a little more jumping and dancing if they want, I, because we are in a place where, where God's freedom exists, where we can be free. We, we're no longer in chains. We're no longer in bondage. And so there was a number of months ago, I ministered a message called What's God's plan for my life? And, and I touched on these four right here, but today I'm really going to preach a message on this. I don't think as long as I've been pastoring, I actually preached a message on this, Rondo. And by the way, someone, what, you want to know why his name is Rondo? It's because Ron Lamar was the first Ron, and then come the second Ron, which is Ron, this Ron. And so to identify them, they started calling him Rondo. So you know which one we're talking about. Were you talking about Ron or Rondo? So he's just been Rondo ever since. And we love it. And he's cool with that. I think you're okay with us calling him Ron. I love that. It's like, man, that's your nickname. You know, I grew, we all got a nickname, you know. Uh, when I was over at Harrison, they called me G. Hey, G, what's going on? G, hey, G. You know, and all that. G. <laughs> they knew who they were talking about. I was G. You know, and I was PG to the youth group. Hey, PG. You know, you got these little acronyms and things that people got. But he was Rondo. And I have no clue why I'm talking about all this. I'm just having fun with it. But, um, but I, I do know why. Rondo, you, oh, 
your message yesterday was amazing. If you were not at our men's breakfast yesterday, you missed out. That guy right there shared an incredible message about being the light of the world. He didn't have a clue that I was going to be sharing this this morning. Because that's what we have to be, church. We've got to shine the light. We've got to get over ourselves sometimes. And it's not just about us just doing life, but, it, but we were created to win people to the Lord. Our home one day is going to be in heaven. We're going to be dead a lot longer. We're going to be alive. And I know we don't want to talk about that. So I've got to know what's going on both sides of the fence. But if I'm going to be dead a lot longer than I'm going to be alive, I need to know and take as many people as I can to my eternity home. Amen. So... Let's go ahead, and we're going to break this down today. But, but I, what I want to tell you, though, is I'm going to talk about a man by the name Paul here in just a moment, that he was put in prison for doing this. And any time that you do this, any time that you preach God's word, any time that you try to win people to the Lord, the enemy is going to try to do everything he can to stop it. He's going to attack in every way possible. And here as a church, you got to identify when someone is trying to stop this. Because this is what it's about. Oh, if we could stop, you know, we've got to put a hold on building a building. I get that. We could stop that all day long. Finance is not there. we got to deal with this. Got to get more contracts. I get that. But this is what the enemy has come to steal and kill and to destroy. He doesn't want people to get saved. He doesn't want people that's held in captive to be free. And he doesn't want people to be discipled because he knows if they're discipled, they're going to grow in the Lord and they're going to be stronger and they're going to be his worst enemy. And he definitely doesn't want you to be free to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so let's go ahead and break this down. And I'm going to give you our key text here. And it's found, if you want to go there, it's found here in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And as I was reading this week, this just really popped off on the page at me because Paul was a prisoner of the gospel for preaching this. He was put in prison for, for uh, winning the loss. He was put in prison for doing all the stuff that I just shared. But I want you to see some things, and I want you to know he was put in prison by religious people. And here's what I want you to understand. When religion gets in it, they're going to try to come up against that. Well, you can't do it that way. You've got to do it this way. Well, you, wait, you're preaching Jesus. He's the only one allowed to preach Jesus. No, 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 no. But watch what he says here, because he was put in prison for teaching Jesus Christ. Watch what he says. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me right here while I'm in prison has actually served to advance the gospel. In other words, I can cry about it, I can complain about it, I can ask God, why is this happening to me? Or I can say, God, what do you want me to do about this right now? How can I use this bad circumstance to change someone's lives? And of course, if you study all around this, you'll find that while he was in his prison, he saved four prison guards. <laughs> while many people, while they're in there going, oh, they'll be crying about it, I can't believe they did this. And by the way, those four prison guards were going to try to kill him. They were beating him all to pieces. While he was in there, but he still ministered to him. Now, let's keep reading. But he says, as a result, where am I at here? As a result, it, is it, it, is, it has become clear through the whole palace guard that to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. That's the only reason why I'm in here, for preaching Christ. Imagine that. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. 
In other words, there are people that I've shared the gospel. They're going to continue to keep sharing the gospel, man. They're going to keep sharing it to everybody they know. But then he goes on here, and I want you to see this. He says, but it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love. People that care, they, they care about preaching of the word and, and, and passing on, sharing it, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of what? Selfish ambition, not really sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Now, now here's what I want you to understand about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even these people that was against him, they, they, they still loved God. That they, well, they tried to serve God, but they still were Christians, but yet they were attacking him, and they got mad at him for preaching the gospel a certain way. You can't do that. Je that's Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can preach the word. So they put him in prison for this, and he goes on here, but what does it matter? I want that phrase right there to sing in. What does it matter? The most important thing here. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Anytime we preach the word of God, no matter where we get it, it's going to be attacked. But what does it matter as long as Christ is being preached? So the enemy will try to stop Christ from being preached. He's going to stop people from getting saved, being set free at all costs. And because of this, I rejoice, he says. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. In other words, he says, I know that God's going to work all things out for my good because I'm doing it for him, and I'm not doing it to please man, no matter what. So again, I want you to put this up here and let this sink in. Anytime the gospel is being preached, it's going to be attacked. No matter how it's preached, no matter when it's preached, no matter whose lives you're touching, it's going to be attacked. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want anyone to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to be set free. He doesn't want anyone to be discipled. And he definitely doesn't want you to worship God in freedom. So he's going to attack it at all costs. But like Paul, no matter what, we still have to preach it. We still have to preach the word of God with power and authority, no matter what anyone says. you got to still preach it. So now let's go ahead and break it down. And uh, if you want to go Luke chapter 19, verses 10, I need a drink of this because I'm getting really dry. Now, we're going to break down this mission statement. And the first one we're going to talk about here is winning the lost. And we could actually add at all costs, no matter what it takes. Let me ask you this question. When is the last time or was the last time that you actually witnessed to somebody and told them about Jesus? I want you to think about that. When was the last time that you actually looked at someone and told them about this loving Savior that can change their life like he's changed your life? Because this is really our number one purpose as Christians, is to tell others about what Jesus did for us. 
is the witness to them. In Luke chapter 19, verses 10, listen to what uh, it says here. For the Son of Man has come to seek to save that which is lost. He came to save the world, church. That's why he came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave him. And whoever believes in him is not going to perish but have everlasting life. But again, the enemy has come. This is what he's come to do. He's come to save the world. He's come to save you and me. But the enemy's job, he's going to try to steal and kill and to destroy. But even in that, Jesus says in John 10 and 10, listen to what he says, In John 10, I've come, though, that they may have life, this is eternal life, and that they may have it more abundantly. I've come to give you life. I've come to set you free. All who calls on me, I will be saved. And so this is what Jesus did, but what are we supposed to do? Here's what he says, now that I did this, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is what I'm actually commanding you to do. This is, a, this is really the great commission. He said, this is what now you need to do. And he told Paul this. And so Paul did it, and Paul got put in jail for it. Paul was doing what Jesus told him to do. But watch what he says here. Let's go on. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And he said to them, talk about all of us, disciples, all of us, go into all the world And preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So see, that's what our responsibility is, is to take the gospel around the world. But how can I take it around the world? You can't. But you know how we do it? I'm going to tell you, Ron, and then you're going to go tell someone else, and then they're going to go tell someone else, and they're going to go tell someone else, and they're going to tell Tammy Dillon, and they're going to tell the PDY that's getting ready to go to Africa, and they're going to take the same gospel that we've been preaching here over and over and over, and they're going to share it there. That's how it gets around the world. But how is it going to get around the world unless we share it? It must be shared. We have to share the Word of God. Let me show you here in Romans chapter 10. Verses 14 and 15, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Pat, you and Tina have got a responsibility. There are people waiting for you right now in Africa because of God's divine plan that when you get there, you're going to tell them about this Savior for the first time. And God's going to use you to do it when you get there. But how are they going to know unless someone sends them? Tammy, the ministry, you're going. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So you're going to go. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers. Tenny, you can get home and look at his feet tonight and say, what beautiful feet. (laughs) Pat, you got the most beautiful feet. (laughs) Okay, messengers who bring good news. Bottom line is this, we have have to witness. We've got to get people saved, church. I'm going to ask you again, when's the last time that you've actually told someone about Jesus? When's the last time that you actually ministered to them? And I know it's scary. It's very scary. Trust me. I get it. I understand. Just follow me back in the produce section over at Walmart. Now, I'll show you how to do it. Because it happens right there. It's, a, it's like a spiritual thing happened right there. 
And I know I joke about it. I'm telling you, I go walking in there right now. It just happens. I don't know. There's anointing there in the, in the lettuce department. You laugh, but I'm telling you, you will follow me. It's crazy. They won't follow me over in the sporting goods. I, I try to find him over there. He just, they don't go over there. I'm like, I go in the fishing department, and I'm just like by myself. But I go over in the produce section, baby, and it is come out of the woodwork. But let me show you how simple it is to win someone to the Lord, okay? Don't, don't overcomplicate this. This is what I use. This is how I do it, okay? Best way to do it if you ever want to win someone to the Lord. And it's, it takes all the scary and spooky out of it, okay? It's very simple. When you meet someone, you just tell you find out their story. Their story, your story, his story. Don't get out of order. You keep it in this line. And what you do, strike up a conversation. Hey, how you doing? You know, what's your name? Tell me a little bit. What do you do? What's been going on? You know? And you could probably, is there anything I could pray with you about? You know, and they'll look at you and, and you, when you get when you say that, be prepared. Because usually they'll start unloading about right there. They'll just I'm glad you asked, man. I, I don't know who you are, but man, I'm so glad you asked, man. I, my life's ruined, man. I, I just wanted to die the other day, man. I wanted to kill myself. I don't want to live anymore. I have no hope. I, I feel hopeless and helpless, and I, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, and then all of a sudden, you just listen and say, man, tell me more. Tell me more. And, and then, then you go, hey, can I tell you a little bit about me? You know, my life hasn't been good either. My life was a messed up. And I found about, about this guy by the name Jesus. Man, I turned my life over to him. And God changed my life. And I'm here to tell you that, that not all my problems have gone away. But there's one thing that I know. As long as now that I have this guy, Jesus, living in my heart, he's with me. And he's going to see me through every circumstance that I go through. And he wants to do the same thing for you. You want me to tell you about him? Can I tell you about him? Yeah, man, tell me about it. Okay, man, this guy, he came, he lived, he died for you and me. He died for your sorrows, your pains, your suffering that you're going through right now. Begin to tell him about Jesus. And he says in Romans that, that if you confess with your mouth him, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. And it says, it's for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession made unto salvation. This is found in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And if you go on down to verse 13, man, you got to go down there too. It's amazing. It says, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want to get saved? Yeah, man. Yeah. Get them saved. Their story, your story, his story. No one gives a rip about how much that you know and how much that, that you do until you, they know how much that you care. Hear their story first. And then unload your story. Tell them the most powerful testimony you could ever have is just your life. Brandon, what you did, your life, man. It's awesome. Just tell your story. That's why we, on Wednesday night, we run here, we tell our stories. Every person that ministers, just telling their stories. Telling their life. Amen. And then the greatest story you could ever tell that ever was in the world was Jesus' story. Tell them about this Savior that can change your life. Hebrew chapter 10, verses or 8 and 6 and 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So number one, our first and, first and foremost goal is that we win the lost. Don't overcomplicate it. Just love them in. Just love them. And the second one is this. We got to get people set free. There are people in bondage. There are people here right now, you're in bondage. There are things in my life I'm still getting out of bondage with. I mean, it's just little stuff, you know, little habits, little quirky things that you do that God wants to set you free. 
You don't have to live with it. God, you can do something about that. There are people that can help you get through this. Now listen, um, because you might be saying, Pastor Gary, there's no way, man. There's no, I'm, not ta- I'm not gifted enough. I can't, I can't help people get free from this stuff. I, 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 yes, you can. Stop that right now. Yes, you can. God has equipped you with everything you need to help people get set free from their stuff. Look, he's equipped every believer, every believer he's equipped with everything you need to help them get through a bondage that they're in. And I'm going to show it to you. Let me walk you through this here. Jesus was in the synagogue teaching and preaching one day to all these spiritual leaders. And so he goes and he picks up this scroll that was written 700 years before he was ever standing there. And it was written by the prophet Isaiah. And he opens it up and he says, look what you can do because this just isn't what I've come to do, but this is for you too. And he reads it. He says, Luke 4 verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. God has given you and me everything we need to help people get through bondages and addictions that they're facing. As a matter of fact, he even takes it a step further. These are his words. Let's go on to John chapter 14, verses 12 and 14. Verily, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, do you believe in Jesus? How many of you believe in Jesus? How many of you are saved this morning? This is for you. Watch now. Here it goes. This is for you. Get ready to receive it. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than me. Greater things than me. You'll be able to do these things. Why? Because I'm going to go to the Father. Why? Because I'm going to my Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Why do we say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus? Well, I don't know how to get people set free. Well, don't worry about it. Just go up to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And at that name, there's power in that name. The demons have to leave. They can't take that. Speak the name of Jesus, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Everybody say it. Thank you. That's his name. Use it. Use it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. Not in my name. Not in your name. Not in your mom's name. But in his name. And you know that name is the most powerful name ever? And I will do it, he says. Do you know when everything is to to an end? When the end time has finally come, the lost people and the saved people, it says in the word of God, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. If you're not going to serve him now, I can guarantee you this, the moment that you get ready to die before while you're sitting at that, in front of that gate, God's going to look at you and he's going to say, get down. Well, I'm not saved. I don't, you're going to get down. Say it, say it, say it, say it, Amen. that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Amen. Say it. Say, you can either say it now or you can wait till the, you get to the gate and you just say it then. He's going to start, but you're not in and you're going to go on to hell. But you've got to still say it. Yeah. Yeah. Devil is Read that. 
<laughs> Anything in his name, you speak it. You speak it. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. And, and, and Pastor Jim uh, preaches, I think, Wednesday. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And right there is where people said, now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I could do everything. Right? Well, you technically can. But here's the thing. It's not about him. It's about you. According to the power that works in us. So God has already given you the authority, and the authority is Jesus' name. Now, you just got to release that authority and speak that any time that someone's going through a bad time. When my wife wakes me up in the middle of the night, says, will you pray for me? I said, sure. I said, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just come against the spirit of this, whatever that is, keeping her from sleeping, God, right now, in Jesus' name. And you know what? She just starts getting, she just falls asleep. Goes like, like a little baby, goes right back to sleep. Why? Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every demonic spirit will leave. It has to obey at that name. Because there's power in that name. And the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So number one, we have to win the loss. Number two, we have to get people set free. Well, how can I do that? Well, in the name of Jesus. So simple. How do I get people to the Lord? How can I win the Lord? Well, their story, your story, his story. Y'all say it. Their story. Your story. And his story. Okay. Don't get it out of order. Don't go up to him and start telling him all about you. Oh, let me tell you about me. Nobody gives a rip. Nobody cares how much everybody knows. They got to know how much you care. Okay. Again, you can make more friends in just two weeks by being interested in other, other people than you can in two years trying to get other people interested in you. It's, everything's got to be about other people. Jesus died for the people. That's what we're, God wants us to minister to people. This is what it's about. Winning the law, setting captives free. Now, here's, here's the third one here that really, um, this is where the enemy really, really, really will try to bring confusion and will try to deceive people right here. Because I'm going to go back to the scriptures that, that Paul said, what's it matter? As long as the gospel is being preached. Because our goal, what's our goal? Not to build buildings. Not to do all this stuff. Our main goal is to win the lost, set captives free, disciple believers in an atmosphere of freedom of worship. And here's, and this is, this is the process, okay? What's going to happen? Discipling believers. Right now, you're being discipled. Do you know that? I'm discipling you. I'm sharing the word to you. I'm sharing word that I've heard from the word this week. This is the word God has given me for this church. This is my word that God has given me specifically for you this week. No, I did not get this from anybody. This is for the word that God has given me. But I'll come back to that here in just a minute. But in Colossians chapter 3, verses 16, it says, Let the word, somebody say the word, word. of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing who? One another. In other words, you're going to take the word and you're going to share it to one another, right? Everybody got that? One another in all wisdom. Now, here's where we get the freedom of worship. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. We'll come back to that because that's the last one. But what I want to focus is on this first part. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1, I want you to see what Paul says here. Paul says, I want you to follow me. He says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1. He doesn't say follow anybody else. He says, I want you to follow me. Follow my example. In other words, I want you to do what I'm doing. 
Why am I asking you to do what I'm doing? Because he says, it's as I follow the example of Christ. As I have learned from Christ, as I have studied from Christ, I'm the student of Christ. And now because I'm the student of Christ, I'm going to take what Christ has deposited in me and I'm going to go share it to someone else. And I'm sharing it to you. I'm going to disciple you what he just discipled me. And as I disciple you, then we're going to take it all around the world. We are sitting here this morning because Jesus discipled and told 12 men about the gospel. And those 12 men took what he taught them and they spread it around the world. And now we're here this morning because 12 men spread the gospel around the world. Was, that, was it just them? No. They told somebody and they went and told somebody and they went and told somebody and they went and told. The gospel is the gospel. Everyone understand that? So this morning, I'm sharing the gospel. And so as I'm sharing the gospel, I want you to receive it. I want you to leave. I want you to go share it to somebody. Share what it's Whatever you see, share it with someone. Share the gospel. So he's saying, you do what I'm doing. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2, now watch what he says here. You have often heard me teach. Now I want you to teach the same things to followers. Everybody got that? I don't want you to teach anything different. I want you to teach exactly what I'm teaching you because this is exactly what Christ taught me. So I want you to teach what Christ taught me. I want you to teach these same things to followers who can be trusted to tell what? Others. I want, I'm going to tell you, and then they're going to go tell somebody, and then they're going to go tell somebody. That's how the gospel gets around the world. God wants us to take what we've heard and go share it with someone else so that we can tell them about this gospel. So here's what I want you to understand this morning. And please, please get this. The gospel was given to be given, not hidden. I'm going to say it again. The gospel was given to be given, not hidden. When we hear the gospel, it is our responsibility to share the gospel to everyone else. And this is the reason why in our church, which you will notice, we use resources on top of resources on top of resources that other people have shared with us. And we take that gospel and we share it with our people. Everybody understand that? You know, our, our, our children's ministry right now, they use Life Church TVs, children's ministries. We have the authorization. They've given us the authority that we can use that material. They, they want us to use that material. And so they use that. And so they shared the gospel with them, and now they're sharing to the children. Becky, imagine this. It's called Grief Share. She's got this program that she has from Grief Share. She has videos. She has lectures material. She has instructors. She'll watch this stuff. And as they're teaching, they're training. She'll take that and she teaches the, the people in the Grief Share classes. And guess what? They get set free. Why? Because they shared the gospel to her. Now she's sharing it to them. Pastor Denny and, and Betty, they, they get uh, uh, um, um, Jimmy Evans material resources, Right? And, and, and the Willis's resources, and guess what they do? They go down there, they get that, and as the Spirit is pouring into them, and they get that, guess what they do? They come back here, and what do they do? They begin to pour it out and share the same stuff with us, and it helps our marriage. How many of you are here this morning that your marriage has been helped because of them, because of their obedience? I know that many of us, our marriage has been strengthened because we go to these conferences. Listen, why? Because we're sharing the gospel, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, then we've got... Uh, PDYA. Think about that. Their entire name is after purpose-driven book. 
by Rick Warren out of Saddleback. So Pastor Pat uses that material and pours into the young adults because he's taking what was shared to him and he's sharing it to the young people. See, the gospel was given to be given. It wasn't, it wasn't given to be hidden. It, it wasn't given like that. And, and even um, Don Eldridge, Pastor Don, he actually uh, used Louis Giglio's material. And as he uses that, he begins to share it with the men's group. And, and we, we grow. That's how it happens. Now, I'm going to shock many of you. Pastors, we have pastor vaults. What I mean by that, we have resources as well. And there are pastors. I'm going to just back up a little bit. Many of you, and I'm just going to lay it out here because when I first started a church, I had no clue what I was doing. And now I'm serious. Like, I never pastored a church in my life. I've never been to a seminary. I've never gone to college to study what I'm doing. And so I was like, I had no clue. Seriously, I, I was as dumb as a box of rocks when it comes to studying and figuring out how to put messages together. I never done. Now, I was a youth pastor. Youth pastor, I didn't need to do that. I could get up and talk about, you need to turn to Jesus right now. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I didn't really have to, you know, have these three-point outlines. You know, I, I'm speaking to seriously educated people now. Okay, I'm like, so I had to find a teacher the best I could. And so, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And guess what? I was going to Robert Morris's conference down at Gateway, and Robert Morris, I was sitting in a class, and guess what he said? The, the, the guy said, look, Robert Morris has made all of his material available for pastors around the nation. All you got to do is become a member of that vault, and you can go in, and you could, you could study. You can learn how to prepare. You can learn how to study, and his message is there as well. You could even share his messages word for word because he wants you to do it because as the gospel's free, because Jesus paid the price for it. He died at Calvary for it. The gospel needs to be shared around the world. And he wants you to do it, and he'd be happy for you to do this. And so, um, so I have permission to be able to share Robert's messages here. Believe that or not? Isn't that amazing? And because of that, I'm a part of that vault. And so from time to time, I got to go back to my, my professor because he's taught me how to, how to do mess. He's taught me how to put points together. He's taught me a lot of stuff. He's taught me how to research. And I thank God for my, for my uh, resource that I have. But how many of y'all have a cookbook? How many of y'all use a cookbook? How many of y'all like making chicken? I'm going to use this as an example. How many, okay, there's so many, only so many recipes for chicken. Am I correct on that? But chicken is chicken regardless of what it, how you could, chicken is chicken. All right. Now, there are some of you, at time to time, you cook chicken too long, and, you, you're, and everybody keeps getting it the same way. And so what do you got to do? Your chickens get a little dry. Your chickens get a little bland. And so what you do? You go to a cookbook. And in that cookbook, somebody has got a, another recipe for chicken to bring that chicken back alive. And so when you've been cooking chicken a certain way for 10 years and you start losing a little bit of a zest or you lose a little bit of creativity, you got to go to the cookbook. And guess what? And when you finally cook it and then everybody's happy again, like, whoa, I've never tasted chicken like that before. That's good. Where'd you get that? I got that from a recipe book. Same thing. As you preach God's word for 13 years like I'm doing it, there's sometimes that the word I get, my chicken gets a little dry. And it's still chicken, the word's still the word, but I have to go back to my resources and gather some of that information. And so sometimes at the time, you may hear a Robert Morris message, Pastor Doug coming this week, say, I'm preaching his blessed life. Can you pull some of that for me? I said, sure, because he knows I got that available. So but bottom line is this, is the word of God is word of God. It must be preached. And here's what I want you to understand. And this is what Rondo was talking about. We talked about this in our men's group. We have to share it. And you were saying that there were some things I shared to you that changed your life. And you use that. When I'm preaching, I want you to use. This is the gospel. It's not for me to keep. It's for us to take and share. 
It's to share. But the enemy, that, remember the religious, religious leaders, got on to Paul for sharing what Jesus shared to him. Put him in jail. I want you to share this. Yo, you can't do that. There's policers. Yo, you can't. Anytime someone says you can't do that, they're saying that they don't want you to share Jesus. That's critical. Because the word of God in the beginning was the beginning. Right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God, and the word became flesh. So anytime anyone's preaching the word, as, as Paul said, it doesn't matter. As long as, a, as long as the word of God is being preached, what's it matter? But when it's being attacked, they're saying, we don't want you to preach Jesus. Think about it. That's powerful. Now watch. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Here we go, Ron. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. What do you do with the light once you're given it? What do you do? Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In other words, what he's saying is, I want you to share the light. I'm going to give it to you, and this is what I want you to do. You're not going to take any other light. You're going to take that light, and what are you going to do with it, Rondo? You're going to give it to him. Oh, no, you can't do that, Rondo. You've got to come up with a different light. It doesn't work that way. There's only one light, church. Only one light, and it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus, I believe, here's Jesus right here. Go ahead and put this truth up here. It doesn't matter where you get the gospel from. What matters to Jesus is that we share it to other people because he died. He bled for it. He said, I want you to give it away, man. Give it out in Jesus' name. Give it out. Give it out because it, I, I died for it. And so it doesn't matter. When you get it, wherever you get it, you have to share. That's how we disciple one another. That's how we grow as a church. The gospel is the freest thing that God has ever given us. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus. I love the martyred missionary, Jim Elliott. Y'all remember him? I think he said it better than anyone ever said it. He was taught. The Word of God, when he was little, he, was, he shared the gospel and as a young boy, and he had this passion to be a missionary. And Jim Elliott, y'all remember him? They made a movie by him at the end of the spear. I think that's the name of the movie. Was it at the end of the spear or something like that? It's the spear or something. But it's a powerful movie. But God called him to be a missionary. And you all know the story. Him and his buddies that were missionaries, they began to fly over. I think it was in South America somewhere. But they were going to minister. I think it's called the Ucca Indians, if, if, my, if my memory serves me right. But they're serving the Ucca Indians. And what they would do, they wanted to minister to them. And they were, they were very, uh, uh, didn't have, I mean, they were just Indians, man. And they, they didn't, they didn't um, have any modern technology. I mean, they were living, they were tribal. But they would fly over and they would just drop out stuff to them to show them that they loved them, they cared about them. They kept doing it over and over and over just to try to get them to warm up to them. Then finally they said, okay, now we're going to land. Let's get out and let's minister to them. But sadly, whenever they land that plane, it was next to a river there. They landed their plane. And it wasn't too long after they got out of the plane, they was, they was doing some research in there a little bit and checking out the place. They were ambushed by these, by, by these tribal Indians. And they were all killed. They were killed for spreading the gospel, sharing the gospel, sharing what others shared to them. And listen to what he says. It's more powerful. It's, it's all known all around the world. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. I can't keep this gospel. I'm going to give it. And I have to give it. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
And there's some of us today, we've got to give it because I'm going to gain heaven one day. That's the main goal. I don't do what I do for any other reason, church. Not one other reason. Look, tag, I'm it. Where am I going? I'm not doing anything politically. I don't go there. All I want to do is preach the gospel, is to disciple you, is to help you get to heaven. Nothing more, nothing less. And I'm going to use anything and everything I can to do that. Whatever it takes. Because I love you with all my heart. And you know what? But when you do, you'll be attacked for doing it sometimes. Because listen to me, you got to do whatever you need to do. DJ, you're going to be preaching soon, son. And when you're there, yeah, I'll be on the front row. Yeah, man, you preach. Go for it. And you have the freedom to use whatever you need. As God speaks to you, you'll know it. And he'll speak to you. He'll say, yeah, I want you to share this to the body of Christ. You go for it in Jesus' name. Don't you let an enemy come in and say, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. You share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19, I'm going to go on. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So what's our mission, church? It's to win the lost. It's to set the captives free. It's to disciple the believers with everything you've got, whatever resources you can find, man. Do it. Go for it. Because it's the gospel. We have to share the gospel with one another. Share it. Share it. Number four, we got to create an environment of freedom of worship. Be free to worship the Lord. Know that Jesus come to set you free, not only free in bondages, but also free in worshiping him. God created to you to worship him. You were created to be a worshiper. Did you know that? Amen. We were all created to be worshipers. And I find it ironic that, guess who the worship leader was in heaven? Satan. And guess what? He got kicked out of heaven. He was abandoned. And I really believe with all my heart that, that as he was kicked out of heaven, that the enemy looked at God and said, who are you going to get to worship you now? Who's going to do this now? I believe he looked down. He saw all of us. He said, they're going to be my new worship leaders. They're going to worship me. They're going to lift me up. That's why we spend all this time every Sunday morning worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords, making a loud sound unto God. Amen. Now watch. Colossians chapter 3, verses 16. Let the message of Christ among you dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. That's discipling, spreading the gospel. But then what do we do? Freedom of worship, freedom of worship with one another, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's going to be by the Spirit when we're here worshiping the Lord, singing to God with gratitudes in our hearts, in your heart, church. In Psalms 150, verses 1 through 6, I love the psalmist David when he says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts and power, praise him for his suppressing greatness, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the string and pipe. Praise him with the clash cymbal and cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that 
hath breath. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Come on. Let's praise God. Let's praise God and know what our mission is. Our mission is to take this gospel around the world. Don't be afraid. Share it. Let's share the gospel in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid of it. But when you do, you will be attacked with a religious spirit. You can't do it that way. you got to do it this way. No. God will tell you what to say, when to say it, how to say it, and all the time. You don't have to worry. When God speaks, you do it. It got Paul in trouble, didn't it? But watch what he says. Let's go to the last scripture. But what does it matter? (laughs) The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or even true, Christ is preached. If Christ is being preached, I'm going to go, yeah, go, man, go, come on, preach it. If Satan is being preached, I say, no. Did I scare somebody? I didn't mean to do that. Listen, I don't want to be an angry preacher. You know those angry preachers? They get on the back of a pulpit. They get on the back of the truck. You see them downtown, and they're like angry. I want to be a loving preacher. I want to love you. I love y'all. Man, I want us to go. Let's spread the gospel. The enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy. I want to give you life. I want to be Jeep, and I want to pour life into you so we can share it around the world. Right now, some of you, you've been afraid, and there's, there's people that you know you need to minister to. You see them every week, and that voice keeps saying to you, when are you going to open your mouth? When are you going to tell them about Jesus? When are you going to tell them? When are you going to tell them? Come on. Come on. Hear their story. Just hear their story. Ask them. Just strike up a conversation. How you doing? Okay? They will tell you. Listen, don't be afraid. But, and then you say, I don't know what to say. Just remember a message. God will give you what to say. You will remember something in your mind that you heard, either from a book, from a song, from a message. And Jesus says, because I gave it with my life, I want you to share it to someone else as I give it to you. And you'll know exactly what you need to say, when you need to say it, at the appropriate time. Father, I want to thank you for this word this morning. I want to thank you for the life that comes from it. I want to thank you, God, that you're the one who paid for it. And God, the world wants to shut it down. The world doesn't want it to be preached, God. But God, I pray that God, as we find the word, as we hear the word, God, that all we're going to do is share the word, God. And as we share it, God, I pray that people will come to know you. I pray that, God, that people will be delivered whenever we speak the word because there's power in that word. And I pray that, God, as we're speaking it, that, God, that we're just discipling them, God. They're growing. Every time that we share the word to one another, God, we grow when we hear the word of God. And I pray that, God, that when we come together, that we can worship you in spirit and in truth, not being ashamed because, Jesus, you paid for it. You created us to worship you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.